0: two men, in clothes that gleamed like lightning, stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you. While he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: I'm going to try and stick to my notes so that I stick to time. So you have to excuse me having to get this right out. Right. It's great pleasure to speak to you today on Easter morning. So just want to start by saying Jesus is risen.
0: He is risen indeed.
1: Hallelujah. Oh, I feel better now. Just remembered that I'm talking to friends and the Lord is speaking through me. So, I want you to have a think. What is the most amazing thing you have ever done in your life. And I want you just to turn to the person next to you quickly and just say, what's the most amazing thing you've ever done in your life? Or maybe something that you know someone else has done. This includes you. What's the most amazing thing you've done? Well, okay. So, we've all done amazing things. We've heard about amazing things. Obviously, I just shared with Joe. Mine was uh, passing my driving test, of course, so that I could get to the beach and take my children to the beach regularly and listen to the Red Hot chilies on the way down and go surfing. No, I'm joking. There are far more amazing things than that. And Joe actually shared that the most amazing thing she did, this is my grandson, in her life, was giving birth to Hannah and Josh. So I would just like to ask anybody else, did they also share what Joe shared? Hands up who said it was giving birth, having a baby. That's quite a few, that's quite a few. Hands up who said it was your driving test. (laughs) Okay, well done Felicity, yes. Right, so we have done lots of amazing things in our life, but I think I am gonna go with one of the most amazing things being giving birth to somebody else as top of the shop. Now, I've had the privilege and blessing to be able to have done that four times, which is amazing because I actually can't make houseplants grow for more than two weeks. But giving somebody else life is totally awesome because you kind of feel like God when you do it. Because from this tiny little speck, you create a whole human being, another person. It's amazing. So surely there is no greater gift, no more amazing thing you can do than to give life. But that puts this amazing gift squarely at the feet of women, which is fine by me. But you don't actually have to be a mum or be a woman to give life. So how can you give life to other people without having to give birth? I've narrowed this down to three things. Of course, they are only my opinion. But I've narrowed them down to three things. One, you can give somebody else life by giving yours so that they live. Two. You can give somebody else life just by helping them to survive. And three, you can genuinely forgive them and give them full life. Because being alive and life is so precious, we all recognize my number one example as being right up there at the top, isn't it? The most precious thing you can do for somebody else is to give up your life for them. Jesus says no greater love a man has for his brother is to lay down his life for him and to do that freely. And we all accept that that is such an inspiring story, to see somebody else sacrifice their life so that somebody else can live. We see it constantly repeated in the books we read and the films we watch. Big Hero 6, who's seen that? He gives his life, doesn't he? Braveheart, who's seen Braveheart? I know my grandsons love that film, Braveheart. They say they're William Wallace, they go around with blue across their faces because they're half Scottish. Titanic and Star Wars, they're all based on this sacrificial and resurrection story. Number two, you can give somebody else life by just saving their life. You can save them from, say, drowning or a fire, and you still live at the same time. And those two examples are easy to connect with, but number three, giving somebody forgiveness as a way of giving them life isn't something that always just springs to mind. But it is really important, because it brings true life. Now, this week, I had the forgiveness of my friend Joe, in the last 24 hours, actually, when I smashed a box of his newly-bought eggs that he was gonna have for dinner. And he just immediately forgave me, which I was really grateful for. My friend Debbie this week forgave me, because I hadn't seen her in a long time, and she genuinely felt that I was ignoring her, and that I'd sort of, like, defriended her and she accepted my forgiveness, and it really brought me life to be back in relationship so quickly. But I would say that somebody who really in my life taught me how to forgive was my Umilein, my German grandmother. Now remember, I only saw this woman about twice a year, and I still managed to smash quite a bit of her stuff. So, sort of heirlooms and statues and things like that. At the dinner table every time, I was the person that would knock over the wine, hit the coffee, And she would always say, Things don't matter, it's just people that matter. She really taught me how to forgive and use the word grace. And as Christians, we use the word grace a lot, but what does it mean? Receiving grace means getting something you don't deserve. Getting something you don't deserve. That's how Jesus died for us, full of grace. He died for us, not while we had it all together, not while we were all saying on Palm Sunday, Hosanna, Hosanna, rejoice And following his teachings. He died for us while we were sinners. He died for us while we turned our back and ran away and abandoned him, and he still did it for us. And in the reading, Jesus says from the cross, he prays to his Father for the people who have killed him are killing him at that time. Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do, because he died full of grace for us. It may be a bit cliche to say, but I still really hold on to the fact that Jesus, when it comes to our sins, didn't come to rub them in, he came to rub them out. And I can stand here today and talk to you about forgiveness, and it's not because I find it easy to forgive, because I really don't, and it's not because I've led a pure and holy life. But when I was 30, I took a really long, hard and honest look at myself, and I realized there were a lot of things I said, thought, and did that distanced me from God. And I'd actually said sorry for them many times, and I'd had really quite big experiences with God in my life before that, so you would think I had accepted his forgiveness, but I realized I hadn't. I was still carrying them around with me like a massive, heavy cross. I was still letting them plague my life, and and I was listening to the enemy telling me that I would never be good enough, and I would never be free from these sins. And it's a separate story, and Tim says I haven't got time to tell it, but I found a way to break that and to give them to God, and I now live light and free. I've been living light and free for the last 15 years, and it's amazing, and it never goes away. And it hasn't made life easier. Actually, sometimes my life has felt like it's been a lot harder, but it is a light and free life. And because I've been forgiven for much, I now can freely or more freely forgive other people. And I want you to never believe that you have done too much to be forgiven because the Bible is littered with stories of people who had probably done too much to be forgiven in most of our eyes. Go home and Google Moses, what he did before the burning bush. Go home and Google St. Paul, what his job was before he was called. Because sometimes the enemy will come into your life, the devil, and he will sideswipe you, and all of a sudden you will be doing and saying things that you could not think you were going to do. You would have said three days before, like Peter, I will never deny you God. You might say to somebody, I would never do that. That's something I would never do. And then all of a sudden, you're doing the things you used to say you would never do or never say or never be. And it's you and you have to face it. And people will then tell themselves because they'll listen to the devil that it's now too late and there's no going back. And there's no forgiveness. And that's just a lie right there. There's always forgiveness. We all get it wrong. And forgiveness and grace and getting something you don't deserve is the best gift you can give to somebody else, you can give them forgiveness and you can give them real life. And to truly receive the forgiveness that Jesus has won for you on the cross will give you full life. So I want to finish today by just saying two things, if you remember nothing else. (laughs) I want to first of all encourage you to forgive other people in a way that is like Christ's sacrifice, in a way that is full of grace. Not just when it's easy and it's a box of eggs, But when it's really hard and they don't actually deserve your forgiveness, that's when it really counts. I don't mean about, I'm not talking about abuse, by the way, and staying in relationships where people are treating you wrong. You you need to get help for that and stand up to that. But I am talking about forgiveness of things that you want to hold on to. And secondly, I invite you to receive the grace that Jesus has won for you the forgiveness that he's won for you fully on the cross. If you're sitting here today and you still have those thoughts about these things in the past, they keep coming back to you, that you've done and you've said and you've thought and they still bother you, Christ died to put sin to death on the cross. He took them all. Give them to him today and rise again. This is the Easter story. This is the gift of Easter. Rise every day afresh, every time you get it wrong, but particularly today. Rise again in Christ. There's some small little eggs. You don't have to do this. You can do this in your mind just as well as doing it with your hands and feet. There's some little eggs in the front of your seats, and there's pens. If you would like to draw a symbol or write your name and come and hang it, on our resurrection tree or lay it if it hasn't got a ribbon or whatever. Lay it at the feet of the tree as a symbol that you're going to move on with Christ from today. And you're going to move away from sin and move closer to him. I invite you to do that while we play one of my favorite worship forgiveness songs. Happy Easter.